Thank you for joining us. There is so much to gain by obeying God's commandment to pray. Prayer is our most powerful weapon against Satan's unrelenting desire to destroy the kingdom of God. That is why God admonishes us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is our gateway to commune with God, to talk to Him, to seek His guidance. We are to pray individually and collectively, for there is wonder-working power in the fervent prayer of the righteous. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Randa reminds us of the miraculous power of prayer. If you are going to overcome addictions, you must be saved in order to conquer your addictions. You got to be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Cry out to God, call on him, say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've made a mess of my life. I'm away from you, and I've tried everything but you. I've tried money. I've tried success. Uh, I've tried people, pleasure, nothing satisfied. Lord, I need you now. Come into my heart. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were buried according to the scripture. I believe you rose. I believe you're coming back again for the saints. I cry out to you for help. Once you're saved, God begins to intervene. Jeremiah 17, 14 also says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. The Lord does the healing. Save me and I shall be saved. You are my praise. You begin to praise God in the midst of calamity. And all of a sudden, God begins to break stronghold, the stronghold of addiction as you begin to praise and worship in God's house. B, another strategy for addiction, overcoming addiction. You must be willing to name, admit, confess, and confront your addiction. You must be willing to name it, say exactly what it is, be honest with yourself, to thyself be true, admit, confess, and confront your addictions. Psalms 32, 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you, to you, you God, and I did not cover my iniquity, my sin. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I'm talking about everybody else's sin. I'm talking about my own sins. Psalms 28, 13 also says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. You conceal your sins. You hide your sins. You're deceitful in your sin. You're doing things that your wife doesn't know about, your husband doesn't know about, your children doesn't know about, your pastor don't know about, the church doesn't know about, and you, you think you get to what you will not prosper. You drop like an old prune, set yourself back, And you might even, God may even wipe you off the face of this earth. It says, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. See, realize you cannot defeat stubborn addictions. Addictions are stubborn. They're hard to deal with. They're hard to get rid of. They are stubborn as I don't know what. Realize you cannot defeat stubborn addictions in your own human strength your own human wisdom, your own human intelligence. You must cry to God for divine intervention. You must do that. John 15, 5 says, for without me, you can do nothing. Addictions are hard to break. They are strongholds. They are stubborn. They will cling to you. You have to fight. And you can't, you can't win the battle over addiction Without the Lord. Beloved, you are fighting a losing battle if you think you can fix yourself without the Lord's help. D, wise is the person who knows how to ask for help and even more seek biblical counseling. 
even more, seek biblical counseling. Know how to ask for help. Now, there are people who the, the sky is falling, the house is falling, the marriage is all torn to pieces, the, the, the life is all in shambles, but they won't tell anybody. They, they'll just let everything get shipwrecked. Why is it that folk lives are falling to pieces and they won't say anything to absolutely nobody, not even God? I'll I tell you why. People won't ask for help because of pride. Pride won't let them. Because of embarrassment, they're too embarrassed. I can't believe you did that. You know, when somebody shares something with you, I don't care how bad it is, don't, don't gasp and how could you and I didn't know you. and all. No, no, no. Just say, you know what? You're not in a good place, but it's not so bad that God can't take you from where you are and get you to where he wants you to be. Don't beat them up. Have the same mercy toward them that you will want toward you if you were in that very same situation. Because there's no sin that, that's in this Bible that we can't do if we let our flesh get away from us. You understand what I'm saying? So it's pride, embarrassment, and privacy, secrecy, privacy. These are the reasons people refuse to ask for help. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. When you seek help, you get victory over the strongholds. E, be willing to fast and pray for deliverances. Some things will not be broken in your life apart from fasting and prayer because that stronghold is so, it's been on you so long, it's been a struggle with you so long until it has defined who you are and the only way you're going to get rid of it is that you've got to not only pray, but you have to fast and pray. In the book of Mark chapter 9, verses 20 and verses 25 through 29, it says, verse 20, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing, writhing. That means he was shaking. He was uncontrollable. He was, he, he was just all over the place. He was wild, foaming at the mouth. When Jesus saw that the, that the crowd was, of onlookers was growing, you know, that's, that's a, that, that was a spectacle to look at. Jesus rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, look how he talks to that evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear or speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Verse 26, then the spirit screamed. He, he didn't want to let loose. But at the word of God, you know, the word of God, there's power in the word. He had to give up, but he, but he gave up kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. In other words, he, he got at that boy one more time. He knew he was leaving. He said, I'm going to just get at him one more time. The boy appeared to be dead after this drama was all over. Looked like he was dead. He was so still. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, the boy is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet. And he stood up. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Jesus, now, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? So Jesus said to them, 
This kind, underline this, this kind can come only, can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There are some things that come into our lives, nothing will fix it in your child, in you, or your wife, or your husband, or your siblings, or a person on your job, your situation, your circumstances, uh, with health issues, nothing will fix it but fasting and prayer. Beloved, addictions can be so powerful that you must not only pray, but you must fast as well as pray to have those stubborn strongholds broken so that you can experience freedom in Christ. F, be determined to get rid of anything that will tempt you to succumb to your addiction. Be willing uh, and be determined to get rid of anything that will tempt you to succumb to your addiction. Acts chapter 19, verses 18 through 20 says, many who became believers confessed their sins and sinful practices. Not only did they confess their sins, but their sinful practices, whatever those practices were. Verse 19, and many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning, look, burning them in the sight of everyone, and they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So the message of about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. You want the word of God to have powerful, a powerful effect on your life? Then there's some things you must get rid of. You must be stripped of. Beloved, what's in, what's in your life that you need to get rid of? They got rid of those books. They got rid of those incantations. They got rid of all that magic. They got rid of all that stuff. They, they, they said, you know what? I'm going to put, I'm not going to even have, I'm not going to tip myself to even go back and revisit it. We're going to pile it up and we're going to burn it up. Burn it up. What's in your life that should be consumed and burned up? What's in your home? What's under your bed? What magazine are you looking at that you hide from your spouse? You cannot win the battle over your addiction until you're willing to get rid of whatever it is that's causing you to struggle and even yield to temptation. Verse 19 is a powerful verse. It says, and many of those who practice magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. In other words, they were serious about their sins. You're not serious. You say, oh, I won't do it anymore. Two years later, one year later, six months later, there you go again, and again, and again, and again. You didn't burn it up. G, be resilient, refuse to surrender to your addictions. Be re- resilient and refuse to surrender to your addictions, which is exactly what Satan wants you to do to your own detriment. Refuse to surrender. You cannot win without a fight. You got to fight to get that stronghold broken. First Corinthians 9, 27, 8 says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. A sure sign that you are disciplined is when you can say no to yourself. Say no to your fleshly appetites and say no to your fleshly cravings. You tell yourself, body, I know you want to do it. And I know if you do it, I'm going to enjoy it. But no, that is not good for me. I'm not going to let my addiction get in trouble with God. So I'm going to tell myself no, my fleshly appetites no, and my fleshly cravings no. H, should you relapse? 
There are times when people relapse. Repent, get back up, and press on. Okay? People fall after they get up. See? Uh, should you relapse? Repent. Tell God. Uh, 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 tell God what you've done. Uh, uh, get back up. Well, I might, I'm in it now. I'm no good. I'm no use. I'm going to just wallow in it. No, don't wallow in it. Get up. Repent. Get back up and press on. Proverbs 24, 16a says, for a righteous man falls seven times. That's a lot of falling. That's a lot of falling. And somebody, give people mercy. Don't be so hard. Where's your compassion? I, you knew better than that. I taught you better than that. Come on, you, you, you embarrass me. I mean, you just go on and on and on. You beat them. And then two weeks later, here you come. You beat them again. Stop. How, how, how often, how long can you beat a dead horse? Should you relapse, repent, and get back up, press on. Surely this should be motivation enough to pray. Prayer must be priority in our lives individually as well as in the church collectively. We hear so many negative things during this pandemic that we fail to focus on the good things that have come out of it for which we should be thankful. Beloved, do not allow anyone to convince you that it is all bad. Don't let everybody tell you everything in this pandemic is bad. Allow me now to share some insights I gleaned after surveying my own staff. We had a very worshipful time to show you some of the good things in this pandemic where you can say, you know what? I need to, I need to re, spiritually recalibrate my life and my thinking. Let me just give you a few of them. I might go a little faster than you can write. And so it's such is the case. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, let me give you a few things that you can be thankful for. Uh, people are forced to find, people are forced to find ways to be creative. Creative. Uh, like we went to that movie, that drive-in movie theater. Uh, the back to school thing and people came, even people we hadn't seen. And I don't know when they, they, they participated in that. Otherwise we would have done it another way being creative. Many have had to develop new skills such as cooking. Some of you couldn't cook and now you learn how to cook because you, the, the restaurant's been closed. You understand? Sewing. Some of you, all of a sudden you learn how to sew, use the washing machine. Uh, you've been going to places and those little, those little little hair joints, those little places to get your hair done and nails done. And now you, you have to do your own hand nails. Uh, and and that, that's been the case. Many are exercising more as they find themselves eating more. <laughs> that, that's a positive. Uh, uh, because families are at home more, it forces them to spend more time together. That, that's a positive, spending more time. And even video chatting with family members who are separated by distance. Perhaps your loved one is in another state. And now you find yourself talking to them uh, on Zoom or whatever more. Uh, people have had to embrace technology such as YouTube, Zoom, in order to communicate, to, to work from home. And even there are people you can't go to the gym. Now they, they're doing exercise classes by technology. You know? Some have had... Some have become more compassionate and try to find ways to serve others in the midst of this. Their compassion. Uh, all of us are learning to be more thankful and not take things for granted. That's powerful. We become thankful and not take all the things we've been doing previously for, for granted, such as health, freedom to come and go without physical restrictions, freedom to come and go without wearing masks, 
you know, for, for years and decades, we've been accustomed to fully stocked grocery stores. And now some, some shelves are so empty, and you go there next week, it's empty, and sometimes more empty. They, you can, uh, fully stocked grocery stores. Now you see a fully stocked store, you start thanking God for it, all of which we take for granted. Another thing we can consider, parents and guardians learn to appreciate and be thankful for teachers and school staff since they have to homeschool their own children online. You become more thankful for teachers because now you have become a teacher. Now there's a deeper appreciation for teachers. Uh, Social distancing teaches us to appreciate the power of human touch. Some of you uh, have just been walking out of here. Now, we, we can't really shake hands, we can't embrace, we can't, we can't do all of these things. And my fear is that when all this is over with, we'll be so used to not touching, you'll be, somebody want to just shake your hand or give you a brotherly or sisterly hug, you'll say, don't touch me! You know, um, this pandemic forces people to slow down. Some of you just speedy Gonzalez, you just all over the place, zoom, zoom, zoom. It's forced you to slow down evaluate your life. This pandemic has caused you to repurpose your life to include getting your personal affairs in order. That's a good thing. This pandemic shows us how truly dependent we are on the Lord for everything. This pandemic shows us how truly dependent we we are on the Lord for everything and has caused us to seek him more in prayer than we normally would. And then... The pandemic reveals the level of our faith and spirituality. This pandemic actually brings the worst out of you or the best out of you. It shows you either how spiritual you are or how fleshly you are. It shows, it displays your level of spirituality. In closing, we often focus on the negative in the crisis, but I just share with you some spiritual benefits that God wants to awaken in us during this global pandemic. Prayer and the word of God are invaluable tools that God provides to help us live the victorious Christian life in the best and worst of time. God wants us to live the victorious Christian life in the best or worst of time. Whether you're at home worshiping God online or whether you're here in person, God wants you to worship, bless, and praise him in the best of times and the worst of time. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything. Say, in everything. Say in, say it a little bit louder. In everything. Say it a little bit louder like you mean it. In everything. It, say in everything. Say give thanks. Say give thanks. Say give thanks. Say for this is the will of God. Say for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for me. In Christ Jesus for me. In Christ Jesus for me. And all God's children said, hey, God bless you. Father, I preached my heart out because Maranatha, this city, this state, and this nation
need a word from God. Father, you want us to give thanks and realize you are on the throne, you are in control, and that there's nothing that comes into our life that you haven't already worked out. Father, restore the passion of those who have drifted. Bring people to you now. Save like only you can do in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, if you don't have a church home, this is a mighty good time to connect with the Lord's church. In a pandemic, you don't have a church home? You don't have church membership? In this pandemic, you're not sure whether you're saved? The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Not by human effort, human works, tradition. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Or perhaps on this very list of addiction, God spoke to you, what, whatever these bullet points were, God spoke to you. And if, if you're struggling with an addiction, it doesn't matter what it is, don't you be ashamed. And I'll pray with you so that that will be broken. You need prayer. And God wants to break. In this pandemic, God wants to set you free and wants you to experience freedom in Christ. Such is the case. You come and don't you be ashamed. Don't you be so private. And don't you be so confidential that you can't take a stand for Jesus. And Father, we pray for these who've come acknowledging, confessing, surrendering their addictions, our addictions. Father, Maybe the, the addiction that, that has a stronghold on their lives were, was not called, but they know what it, what it is. Thank you that these who are here, along with myself, we are standing here by faith, trusting you to deliver us from besetting sins, besetting addictions, things that have become a stronghold in our lives. When we think we've conquered it, it comes back and ambushes us in our minds, in our words, in our deeds. Father, without your help, we, we can't live in freedom. We need freedom like only you can give us because we're not all that. We've sinned. We've come short of your glory. We acknowledge and confess it right now. There are folk, perhaps who are standing by Facebook and YouTube. We pray that they turn to God, be saved, be free, be healed of the stronghold of addictions in this pandemic. You don't want us handcuffed. You don't want us held captive. The virus is enough in and of itself without allowing ourselves to be addicted to alcohol and drugs and gossip and slander and anger and isolation and money and power and success, a mean spirit, bitterness. Father, it's too many for me to name television. 
cell phones, social media, pornography, gambling, whoremongering, adultery, evil thoughts. Oh, God, the list goes on and on, and I'll never be able to call them on. Lord, we've been guilty, and we acknowledge it and confess it and ask you for your mercy, that you would heal us, that you would break us, that you would purge us, that you would deliver us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, who gave yourself on Calvary and died, we plead the blood of Jesus on our addictions. Set our souls free. Father, help us to live in new levels. Father, help us to experience freedom in the midst of this pandemic so that we can be a blessing to others who cross our path. You expect more out of us right now. Help us not to be addicted to worry and fear and stress. Oh, God, do a new thing with us and to us. Give us new creativity, new vision. Help us to adventure with you in a way that we've never done before. Set our captive souls free. Without you, we could do nothing. In Jesus' name. And all God's children say it. And all God's children say it. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, set us free today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And all God's children say it. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God is our ever-present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoyed this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base.